Welcome to the Difference Makers Podcast, where Savannah's community leaders share insights, secrets, and personal anecdotes. It's the holiday season, which is to say red kettle season. The Salvation Army's local commander, Major Paul Egan, is our guest on today's podcast episode. know the organizations and businesses they lead. You might even know their faces. But do you know why they are Difference Makers? This is Difference Makers, a podcast dedicated to highlighting Savannah's key players and what they bring to our city. From leaders in the business community to those in the arts and culture scene, as well as in philanthropy, in government, and in education. I'm Adam Van Brimmer, editorial page editor of Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com. Thank you for listening. Major Paul Egan is a son of the Low Country who recently came home to lead the local branch of the Salvation Army. He succeeded Major Phil Swires, who took a new assignment in Asheville, North Carolina in June. As a Salvation Army's local commanding officer, Egan oversees all of the organization's efforts, from assistance services to youth programs to the four family stores. We are honored to have Major Egan with us today to talk about those ringing bells and red kettles and all the other good things the Salvation Army does in our community. Pleased to be joined on Difference Makers today by the Salvation Army's local Corps officer, Major Paul Egan. Paul, I know you've been in the job for a relatively brief period of time. Uh, what have you learned in your short time here about Savannah? Well, I'd, I've learned to love Savannah. This is a fantastic place, the town in itself. Uh, it's good to be back with uh, uh, sweet tea and warm weather. December's in the 70s is uh, what I was made for, I think. And <laughs> so, you know, uh, it just uh, kind folks, it's just been a very warm welcome. Right. And this is almost home for you, right? You were born right down the road? I sure was. I was born in Hinesville. I lived there till I was 10 and then went over to uh, uh, Beaufort. My dad was a retired military, worked as an Air Force uh, air traffic controller after retiring from the Air Force. So we got to uh, stay around military bases. And my mother still lives in Beaufort, so it's a thrill to be back around this way. Mm-hmm. Growing up in the low country, what uh, yeah. what do you remember? What do you remember fondly or not oh, so Oh, man, I, we were just sharing this story with one of my bell ringers the other day that uh, we were talking about uh, a good day to go crabbing. And uh, the first time we went fishing uh, there in Beaufort, we'd, we'd throw our line out and uh, try reeling it back in and feel like we were getting a bite, but nothing was there. And then finally a, a friend of ours who was a local guy said, hey, we're reeling in real slow. And sure enough, here comes a little crab coming up. And the next thing you know, we had casting nets and uh, – uh, you know, uh, chicken necks on strings, and we were right. uh, loving life. It was a good, good opportunity to grow up. Yeah, as long as you had somebody at home that was willing to cook it and shell <laughs> That's it, right. and That's do it. all that other stuff. For yeah, you, right? yeah. Sometimes, uh, yeah, with the the, the shrimping was easy. The crabs, uh, uh, mom said, you can quit bringing those things back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless you can learn to do it yourself. That's right. Huh? Yeah. So I understand you were the youngest of of six kids that had to be formative for you yeah it sure was my uh, uh we say the first one up was the best one dressed uh we would do her you know uh with we're all boys uh any wrestling move that ever came out got tried out on me as the youngest of them uh but uh i was definitely the baby of the group and got to enjoy all the benefits of that so that's all right and we're we're still very close. Uh, actually, uh, one brother that passed away, but uh, uh, all six of us have have done very well. And in in the light of of where 
you know, the difficulty that my mother grew up in and a, a family that struggled financially a little bit and, uh, and my father coming out of the depression and uh, uh, lost his dad at age of 10. Uh, you know, it's just beautiful to see uh, how wonderful I had it. Yeah. I, I was really grew up in a very, very happy home. We were not rich, but uh, we were, were well taken care of and, and knew it. And uh, it's just part of great thing about being in America, being part of the South. I just absolutely love it. Right. So you had that military background. You're not in the military now, but you are in the Army. Can you kind of take us from <laughs> from being a, a kid at Battery Creek High School to right. to being with the Salvation Army? Yeah, the uh, they, they always knew me for being part of the Salvation Army, even as a kid. When I was about – when we were 10, we moved to Buford, and there was a Salvation Army uh, there and loved going to the Salvation Army as our, our church home. Uh, which some people are always surprised to hear about. But uh, uh, mom, in, in her background, that was part of, of, of what, uh, what she experienced. And so uh, we did that, and she would make me volunteer, I guess is the best way. Voluntold, I think sometimes mm-hmm. we tell our yeah. kids that we're doing. Uh, go out and ring the bell and uh, go spend my summers on the, the back of the – or on in the truck helping out with the thrift store and things of that nature. Kind of begrudging back then a little bit, but right. uh, love it now. Uh, it it, um, it teaches somebody character uh, and uh, and growth. And so uh, having that kind of background, you know, I really felt a, a spiritual calling mm-hmm. to the work of the Salvation Army. It's a it's a, a different kind of work. It's very busy. Uh, if you look for the financial rewards of, of this world, you're not going to be too happy. But uh, <laughs> man, I get. I get paid and 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 feeling good about what I do and working with people who uh, do the same way. I, I it's I, I feel sometimes just like I'm a, a pipeline of a, a community's love mm-hmm. and and care for its neighbors uh, to those that need it most. Mm-hmm. And I you know I get to stand in, in the the flow of all that kindness and uh, uh, it's wonderful. So uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say when I was probably about 16, I uh, really felt a call to uh, to become a Salvation Army officer. Um, and uh, spent a year after high school uh, working at the Salvation Army in Beaufort and then in Columbia, South Carolina, mm-hmm. and then uh, was able to go to the Salvation Army's officer training college in Atlanta okay. for two years. And uh, that's uh, where I learned uh, – <laughs> I started to learn all the things you need to know as an officer, still learning. Yeah, that sealed the deal, huh? Yes. Is, is that like – is it like seminary? Is, yes, is, very much so. Okay. Uh, it's a uh, uh, with a Salvation Army twist. I mean, you know, uh, we would spend our December's out ringing the bells uh, in the Atlanta area, and uh, you know, so we would go from a, a Bible class to a a, a, a counseling class. Mm-hmm. Uh, do a lot towards learning the finances and the uh, working in within a community uh, lessons on media things of that nature all the different things that the salvation army officer gets to do uh it's it's um kind of eclectic right right and when you were in atlanta you met your future wife yeah that's right that's right karen her last name began with d uh her last name was dick and mine was e so they by by luck by great fortune uh they put us next to each other alphabetically in chapel is that right? <laughs> and uh, I was a nervous wreck. Uh, she, she. Uh, I remember the first day sitting next to her in, in church, and uh, I can tell you what the guy preached on. I can tell you everything about it. And she's like, "You were there." Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 but <laughs> uh, 
finally she noticed me and uh, a few months later she uh, uh, she um, uh, let me uh, take her on a date and we've we've been uh, together ever since and, and absolutely loving it I take it that that may be a common occurrence within the Salvation Army. Aren't there a lot of couples? It is. The it folks is. he replaced were a sure, couple as well. Right? Sure, yeah. Typically, the Salvation Army, you know, IDME is going to uh, transition us from, from place to place. And mm-hmm. so as officers, we have to be a team. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's just uh, otherwise uh, it, would, it would drive the marriage apart. If somebody is getting married to somebody who's not a Salvation Army officer, uh, we're obviously going to find a good role for them. Uh, right. But to be an officer that's on the move the way that we are, it would be very difficult not to be a, be so as a team. Yeah. And so that's the way the Salvation Army appoints folks. And it's really been wonderful. We've had a number of appointments where we worked a lot with children, mm-hmm. and uh, she has early childhood education background. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like to laugh and be the front man and, and do all the talking. And uh, so we kind of work together as a team in, in a lot of the things that we do. Yeah. Now, like in the U.S. military, you, you just mentioned it, they move you around a lot. Yes. Where all have you been in your – in your career. Well, I tell you that when we were commissioned as officers, ordained as ministers, but you know, uh, why just why just be a, a reverend when you can be a major? <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of something you want to take on. But uh, as we were first commissioned as, as lieutenants, uh, it was on a Sunday uh, that in 1990, June, uh, that they said. Paul, your Lieutenant Paul Egan, your first appointment is going to be Salisbury, Maryland, mm-hmm. and then on that Wednesday, I was in Salisbury, Maryland. Wow. Uh, yeah, and they they told her Cumberland, Maryland. We were dating at the time, and they were kind enough to keep us in the same state. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I did that stint in Salisbury, which I enjoyed. Uh, Charleston, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. The the Salvation Army has its different districts. Georgia's a division. Uh, the division is Maryland, West Virginia, up there. So we went 17 years back and forth between uh, Annapolis, Maryland, Weirton, West Virginia, Princeton, West Virginia, mm-hmm. Martinsburg, Charleston, as I said, mm-hmm. uh, Frederick, Maryland, and uh, enjoyed that area very much, except Karen's from Clearwater, and it would snow and we'd look at each other. We weren't yeah. quite sure what to do with that. But That's outside right. of that, we, we loved it. Our son was raised up through that area, obviously, with us, and uh, uh, it's dear to us. Right, right. And from there, you came back south? Went yeah, to... I got to do uh, six years in Greensboro, North Carolina, which we love, being the core officers there. Mm-hmm. Our son went to, to college there. Uh, instead of him leaving home, home left him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got assigned to a year in Texas and then out to Oklahoma uh, and left him behind, but uh, he did very well. But the the Salvation Army's work in, in uh, Greensboro had a, a large uh, group of boys and girls clubs that we oversaw, mm-hmm. and so that was very enjoyable for us. And we were able to start the campaign that they were able to build a building for the boys and girls club and mm-hmm. uh, football field, baseball field, uh, all the, the things that we envisioned while we were there, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a real success for us. Personally, I mean, it was the Army at work. It was that right. community. But uh, right. uh, you feel good about being part of those things. Right. And then in recent years, you moved into an administrative role overseeing yeah. some financial. That's right. Spent a year in Texas learning the role uh, of a finance officer within the Salvation Army and then worked at the divisional headquarters for Oklahoma and Arkansas for the last five years, uh, getting to uh, work directly with the different Salvation Armies, uh, helping their, the local core officers, uh, similar to my role here, uh, in uh, budgets, uh, audits, things of that nature, uh, advice on grants and things of that nature all that fun stuff right yeah yeah it was a lot more administrative uh, uh I, I kept one drawer in my desk uh 
uh, is filled with little magic tricks or balls that I used to juggle or, uh, you know, fun uh, rubber band shooters for kids. And nobody came to see me. It yeah. broke my heart for five years. Uh, right. You know, now having a chance to uh, to get back with our community center and things of that nature. Uh, my wife says I, she has to hold me back with a leash sometimes. You know, just right. wanted to, you know, you've got some administrative still to do. And I'm hey, there's kids to be played with. I, you know, I want to teach them a, a lesson on, you know, uh, paper airplanes or whatever the case may be. Right. So you get that call to be the the front man, as you mentioned earlier, and you get to, to do it here at, at home. Yes. Did you lobby for that? Was that luck of the draw? I've been begging for the, for this kind of position or this area for the last uh, you know 28 years. Uh, and uh, it, whether it, it came from that or it was just they ran out of places to send me, I don't know. But I'm, I'm just glad to take it. That's Actually, I, um, I, they knew – there are some things here for Savannah that uh, that my wife and I's uh, experience might help us in moving forward things here, and so I, I think that was the real influence. Right. Um, my mother is uh, in the area, and so Good. they were um, they're very kind to to probably take that into account as well. Right, and you mentioned earlier to me before we came in here that you're still new enough that. The appointment is still running you rather than you running the appointment. Can you kind of talk about your early, uh, your first couple of months on the job? Yeah, sure. Uh, th- listen, this this place has got a lot of moving wheels with the Salvation Army. Uh, whenever you're open, uh, you know, I always said whenever our son was born, you, f- you learned what 24-7 was, that, uh, you know, you always had this child with you. You know, it wasn't like you'd go take a holiday. And uh, with, with having a shelter, uh, that's open all the time, you know, mm-hmm. with the the feeding programs that we do, um, the shelter in the evenings, uh, the you know, ending with breakfast, and then you start again with supper. Mm-hmm. Then we have some who, are, who remain with us that we do lunchtime programs with and that we um, continue on with our stores and with mm-hmm. uh, the social services all day long. And holidays, you know, is not the break for us. It's the time that we kind of push the gas pedal with uh, uh, big meals at Thanksgiving time and giving out food to some of the local High rises and uh, Christmas time, Oof. Mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, it, it's always running. Uh, so the trick to that is to to have a great team. You know, there's always that that point where you're new into a place and you're you're saying you know you don't. Uh, I feel like the gentleman who was flying on a plane and was nervous about it, so he never sat down comfortably in his chair. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in the plane, you're going. You know, I I get a little nervous about uh, what I don't know, but uh, it's taken care of well here because of the the good staff that we have, wonderful volunteers, a, a great advisory board, and, and organizations that uh, help us to get all the things done that we get done. All right. So you mentioned you're always running, but if there is a most visible time for the Salvation Army, of course, is this time of year with the, yes. the Red Kettle campaigns. Can you kind of give us an overview of, of that in the local area and what kind of impact it has? Uh, yes, sir. We uh, would love to see um, one. Uh, always, I've been known to say it's not about the money, but sometimes it's about the money. Uh, you know, this organization uh, has a lot to do, and that that takes fundraising. And uh, so the kettle's a very visible time that we do that. And uh, we are looking to collect uh, $225,000 this year mm-hmm. through those red kettles here in the Savannah area. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a lot of pennies. That's a lot yeah. of quarters and yeah, dollar how many, bills. How many spot, spots do you have? How many uh, we have a, a total of, of 30 if all of them are active. There's some days wow. that it's not of, of worth right. to, to have somebody out there. But uh, on a given a Saturday. A yeah, yeah, it sure is. Uh, the uh, You know, with that, I mean, um, 
it, it just blows me away. And it also serves as a reminder of so many people who see the Salvation Army and go, ah, oh, I wanted to send them that check. Right. Or, oh, I wanted to buy that toy for that kid. Yeah. And uh, and so that, you know, it's it's one of the, the neatest advertisements that we have out there as well to help people remember the Salvation Army is at work and what we're doing. And then um, to be a bit of, of uh, Christmas encouragement. Right. I was just thinking that, you know, lots of times, you know, Christmas time, holiday, we were, we were talking about how you lose light. You know, it gets mm-hmm. darker at night earlier and, uh, uh, you know, it's a little chillier for what it is here in Savannah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you see the bell, you know, kids light up, mm-hmm. uh, families kind of just kind of draw together. It's a, a, a fun part to be, a fun thing to be a part of. And uh, getting to experience that through the kettles. My feet are tired, but my soul's at rest, I think is one of the quotes from the civil rights that uh, I always remember late at night. You know, it feels good for what we do. I want to talk to you about a couple of the volunteers here, but I know you said that you were ringing that bell early on. What, what is that experience like with all these strangers coming up and feeding the kettle? And I'm sure they tell you stories. And <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, listen. Oh, the stories. Man, I, I was going to go a different way with that. But, boy, uh, they are people that see the uniform, just me, as I walk around the community or to, um, to see us at the kettle sites and discuss how uh, the Salvation Army has made a difference in their lives. I mean, I, I go back to growing up in military towns to hear men uh, speak of World War II mm-hmm. and Salvation Army uh, donuts. And, you know, we say we've, we've, slid a long, we've slid a long way on the grease of those donuts, you know, the, 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 the impact that the Salvation Army has in people's lives. Uh, I think disasters is another place that I hear, especially around this town, mm-hmm. of the, the previous years of hurricanes and the uh, – uh, I just was so – so uh, wonderfully impressed with the uh, retirees from Imperial Sugar or Dixie Crystal, yeah. who came to my office this morning to present us with a check to uh, to thank us, you know, for what we're doing now, but right. remembering what we did during the time that uh, that disaster happened there. Right, right. It's very interesting because I can I I know the fact is is my kids' introduction to giving beyond church, putting money, they see us put money in the. And the plate every week was mm-hmm. Christmas time outside the grocery store, the hardware store. Yeah. And yeah. can you just kind of talk about the the the, the kids and the sure and, and the expressions on their faces? Yeah, that always say they're my agents, man. They <laughs> <laughs> there's many a person a, a, a hard a hard soul uh, who would walk past our kettle if it wasn't for that kid pulling on their. <laughs> That's Pants right. like, hey, Dad, I want to put a quarter in the. But uh, actually, I had yesterday uh, a friend of mine at a lunch I was meeting with. He said, uh, "Okay, Paul, we know the Salvation Army, but my kids wanted to know uh, what it is that you all do." Now I know what started that conversation. It was they were putting money into the kettle, and I said, "Well, all right, how old are your kids?" And a couple of them were eleven, and 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 two younger than that. And uh, I said, "Well, you know, make sure that." They know that we, you know, we provide help at Christmas time, mm-hmm. and we won't have to get in the details with kids with that. Because mm-hmm. uh, if if we do it right, the the child who receives a gift from the Salvation Army is is going to assume that their parents or Santa came through for them, and I'm great with that. If they don't know that the Salvation Army is involved, uh, we're thrilled. Right. Uh, but uh, for those those kids who are now starting to think 
uh, okay, we need to to be there for our neighbors. We need to express love and, and concern for our neighbors uh, to to make sure that they knew that we were doing the sheltering that we do. Mm-hmm. We have kids that age who come to our our after school program, a tutoring program where they're getting a great opportunity to learn. They don't have a parent at home at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and so we provide them for a safe place to be mm-hmm. and uh, opportunities to learn, opportunities to grow. But then also um, some of those same kids. Uh, come to our shelter and sleep at night. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sitting across from them at the dinner table, and they are going to their bunks, uh, similar to, to some of the men that are there. You know, our our idea of what homeless is, and we th- we think of many of the people that we serve or, or a gentleman on the street or whatever the case may be, but there's those families there mm-hmm. and uh, those units. Um, it's, uh, it's, you know, uh, people should know, young people should know that, so this is a part of what we do, right. and those dollars. I mean, it, it's not just the kettles and our our fundraising at Christmas time. It's not just for Christmas, but it's at Christmas. Uh, mm-hmm. We um, we we appreciate the generosity of this community, and so a lot of the toys that we're able to give, we don't have to buy because uh, we get them directly from the community, or uh, we we other sources, and so that that we can use those dollars to to keep our place warm at night for a family yeah. to sleep. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, it's a great opportunity for those kids to learn and then just to start being part of that. And I think just as being good citizens. Yeah. You know, my my dad was a military man. I have three brothers who are U.S. Army. And uh, they were always uh, learning to uh, – we were always learning that, that – you know, if we're in our family, we're good citizens of our family. We do our chores. You know, right. I really don't like it too much, but it's a you know, as a kid, you learn it, and it's just what you're expected to do. Yeah. Those are the same things that I see uh, parents teaching their kids when they're putting a little dollar in the kettle, yeah. uh, and uh, it it lasts. Yeah. It, it's effective. The other side of that, of course, is is the people running the kettles, and I know you have some volunteers, and of course, I. I live on Wilmington Island. I spend entirely too much time at Kroger, and for three or four or five or six years now, at Christmas time, the, the same woman is out there ringing that bell every year, and she's as much a fixture in that community at Christmas time as anything else. I have a feeling that's probably the case all over town, probably all over the country. What yes. about those volunteers that run your red kettles? Yeah, there are a number of folks that are like that. The um, uh, Carolyn is a, a lady that you're speaking of. She's a sweet lady. They, you know, we we always thank the stores like Kroger's who allow us to put our kettles out in front. Man, that's a huge impact for us financially. And uh, but I hope they they understand they have a great welcome person that's in front of their place. That uh, uh, when things are functioning well, that um, it. I mean. I don't know what decoration you could put up in front of a store to make you feel more like Christmas time and joy than a lovely lady smiling and welcoming people as she rings the bell. That's exactly yeah. Right. yeah. So it's uh, it's it's cool to be a part of, uh, and uh, yeah, the uh, I always say as a kid, as a fourteen, fifteen year old, I learned everything I would ever need to know about sales by ringing the bell at Christmas time. I would learn to smile at people, look them in the eye, thank them. Uh, You never had to ask people to give. They know why you're standing there. Uh, But to to be noticed, uh, to to smile, to look sharp, to stand up straight, all those sort of things uh, were a a great learning tool for me. And we we try to encourage it among some of those that are – are ringing for us who are receiving assistance from the Salvation Army. I mean, you know, it's it's not all just volunteers. There, some of my best donors and kindest volunteers are are the ones that are ringing those bells as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's a 
it's a rewarding thing and um uh you're you're getting smiled at most of the day yeah. you know uh you're just uh, enjoying that that community that's right another key part of that in, in addition to the volunteers that you have going right now is the women's women's auxiliary yes share oh a little bit goodness. about that group yeah not every community in this uh you have has a group like our women's auxiliary uh they have for the last few years have been taking care of our um distribution of toys uh and so they they are, are, are they turn our, our community center gym into the north pole i tell you and uh mm-hmm. the opportunity to to organize all that uh to to go through and and make things ready for people to uh everything coming and going uh they handle that uh, and uh we are so grateful uh for that that women's group and then they fund it as well through projects that they do they um all right, the work there. Another thing they've done over this past year is we have a, a store uh, on Montgomery Crossroads mm-hmm. uh, that for the longest time, well, it, it looked like a Salvation Army thrift store. Mm-hmm. And they decided that they wanted something uh, better. Mm-hmm. And so they went in there and did a fantastic job in making this store just absolutely gorgeous. And uh, they um, uh, every day you'll find one of our women's auxiliary members there uh, making sure it's being kept up to the, the highest standard that they've put to it. Uh, and um, it's changed. It's not always about the money, but sometimes it's about the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they've, they've more than doubled the store sales there. Wow. And in uh, and, and doing so, they've... Uh, you know, we have less employees that we need to, to pay because they're there working so hard. And uh, it's just been a, a, a wonderful uh, project, another project that they've taken on. Kind of kind of shows me what Savannah's like. Yeah. You know, the, those kind of people, that kind of dedication, that kind of enjoyment. And they do it in community. Mm-hmm. They do it as a as a group that loves each other. And that's what I – that's, you know, I uh, – I'm not going to say anything about the North, but it sure is good to be back to the South. <laughs> that, you know, that kind of love and support that you get with one another and uh, the friendship. And, and you don't have to move quite so fast, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you do that, that you can take time to, to talk to one another about uh, your likes and talk to one another about your history and, and enjoy community. We are turning into a world. Oh, my goodness. Here, here Paul. Uh, start preaching we're turning into a world that's so <laughs> siloed you know that mm-hmm. we uh you know text my kid and tell him supper's ready type right. of a deal right and uh and these are opportunities to to meet and to greet and to talk and to interact and uh, i think it's something that's uh imperative for us as people right. and uh and you know if they do it around the salvation army oh man it's making my job so wonderful and I'm able to help more people and yeah. i appreciate it yeah <laughs> Great. We're going to get into a deep dive here in a minute, but let's go ahead and squeeze in a sponsor read. Our podcast today is brought to you by something that's very near and dear to us here at the Savannah Morning News. For the past 47 years, this news organization has led the Empty Stocking Fund, which raises money for families in need during the holiday season. The fund has raised millions of dollars over the years to ensure that every child in the Savannah area has a reason to smile on Christmas morning. There are two ways to donate, online at savannahnow.com, Look for the donate button at the top of the homepage, or the old-fashioned but tried and true way by mailing a check made payable to SCF hyphen Empty Stocking Fund to the following address: two 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 five Norwood Avenue, Suite B, Savannah, Georgia three one four zero six. That's a check payable to SCF hyphen Empty Stocking Fund and sent to the following address: two 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 five Norwood Avenue, Suite B, 
Savannah, Georgia 31406. The Savannah Morning News will acknowledge individual donations in the daily newspaper and online until Christmas Day with a final total shared with the community on New Year's Day. We talked earlier about the Red Kettle campaign, and I think for the most part that's what people automatically associate with the Salvation Army. But Salvation Army has been around for quite a long time and has pretty much stayed true to its original roots, correct? You kind of walk us through the history of the organization sure the uh the gentleman that started the salvation army i should say the couple william and Catherine booth uh he was a methodist minister she was a grew up around the quakers friends mm-hmm. and a very spiritual woman and uh deeply rooted in the salvation army's uh ideas uh and he was a very practical guy he would he would say nobody ever got saved while their feet were cold or while their teeth hurt you know, it was uh, and uh, kind of the the duality of the Salvation Army's heart to God and hand to man right. stemmed from that. And uh, so, in the 1860s, he would uh, go and preach on the street corner. He's a big, tall fella, and uh, he booming voice, and so people noticed him. And and he was a he. There were some guys preaching on the street corner. They asked him to speak, and when he did, uh, he came back home to to Catherine and said. I found my destiny, you know. He said, "This is, this is where it is on the slums of London," mm-hmm. and uh, and so from there, uh, the Salvation Army's mission was kind of born. That uh, they would go and uh, tell people about the love of God, and uh, they would try to meet their needs in Jesus' name, uh, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. A lot of times early on, it was uh, the issues with drinking. Uh, um, bars had beer pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. at the time and uh um it was a real struggle for folks and so the salvation army would do its best to go out on the street corner and let folks know that there was something better for them mm-hmm. and uh they they were kind of known for the unusual tactics back then too that uh, uh we uh, there is some bar owners owners and and other just ne'er-do-wells who would uh who would throw rocks at them mm-hmm. they even at one point had kind of organized a skeleton army to mm-hmm. kind of be the opposite of us and uh yeah but um there was you know the you might think of the typical salvation army woman with her big bonnet on back in the olden days those things were all but helmets you know because right. people were throwing things them, yeah. yeah and uh the salvation army uh, a, a family by the name of fry charles fry uh and his kids Saw the Salvation Army just taking it on the chin. They had a little brass band that they would play, 1800s in the uh, in in England, and so they started kind of being their bodyguards. Mm-hmm. They would just kind of hang around. They'd also play tunes and help drum up the business. You know, they were part of what was going on. And the Salvation Army learned that if you could play these old barroom songs out on the street, mm-hmm. guys when they would come out of or get thrown out of bars would <laughs> stumble down and uh, start hearing. Uh, new words to old tunes, and uh, that uh, was part and parcel of what the Salvation Army did. We still use some of those songs today. There's a song that we sing that uh, in our regular church services on a Sunday that's sung to My Bonnie Lies Over the Ocean, yeah. or Home, Home on the Range. And uh, yeah. sometimes when people are new, they'll kind of giggle, like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> but, uh, you know, we can, uh, we can recycle songs. We can recycle stuff. We can recycle people. <laughs> so... Yeah, but uh, that was true of the Salvation Army. Fantastic uh, mission that that he had started and that he'd worked with. And uh, in their sophistication of that year or that time, they would they would instead of calling him William Booth, they call him General Superintendent William Booth. You know, everybody had a full title and loved to use the title. And uh, it, it got shortened to General Booth. And uh, uh, one of the Salvation Army's uh, well, back then the Christian Mission leaders uh, was. Uh, 
a, a showman. Uh, he was an old uh, chimney sweep, a little short guy. I like him. I'm short. And uh, he would uh, put on a uniform just to prove that he was at war with the devil tooth and nail. Uh, he would, uh, um, he instead of saying General Booth, General William Booth is coming to, to speak, he'd say, General Booth's coming to, to wage war in the town that he was in. Right. And, uh, it, Brilliant marketing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was. And they would they would – march from place to place with the brass band of course people were out on the streets more often than they are now and so um they would march around and uh the uh, people would join the ranks and come on in and so a lot of our uh a lot of our military fare uh, just started from that uh anybody that look at me would know i'm not a military person i was stationed at the salvation army in annapolis maryland for a while and the midshipmen were so good to us and yeah. but i would walk over onto the the yard and they would see me and Want to start to salute and go? No, there's no way this guy's military. And I tell him to read my cap. You know, says Salvation Army. Oh, good to meet you, sir. But uh, yeah, the um, uh, there's a uh, we we still have the brass bands. Uh, we say you teach a kid to blow a horn, they won't blow a safe. Mm-hmm. You know, you give them something constructive to do, something uh, good to do. And so we love still doing music programs to this day. I play tuba. The chubby kids are always given a tuba. You know, and, but uh, we uh, uh, enjoy that. Um, we uh, uh, still, obviously, every Sunday we have a church service, and uh, it's kind of a neat idea of a church. I always say the Salvation Army is is the, the Christian church with its sleeves rolled up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're very much where the rubber meets the road with mm-hmm. with folks and and meeting needs. Uh, I've I've had some of my best donors be members of our congregation sitting uh, right next to uh, the people who are just for the first time coming into one of our shelters. Right. And, uh, and lots of times when we're doing it right, you, you can't tell the difference. Right. You know, it's just the fact that we're all uh, in need of, of uh, something better in our lives, and yeah. we, we meet at that place. Uh, a, a need of salvation uh, yeah. is, what we, is the way that we understand it as our Christian perspective. Yeah, it'd be interesting to think of what the identity would be without titles and the uniforms and the- oh yeah no I, I tell you the uh, I couldn't imagine it um, my son is an actor mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think one of the reasons is that is because I mean he grew up with a mom and dad who walked around the community in uniform mm-hmm. uh, you know folks would oh you're 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 Major Egan's son you're Captain Egan's son and uh, it's it, you you get noticed. Uh, with this and uh it helps us we always say it's our our witness it also is our reminder that uh you know the way uh you know i don't care how mad i get in traffic I, i've got a wave and smile thing yeah. <laughs> the person next to me if yeah. i'm in uniform that's who you're representing and, right yeah and that's that's a good thing i think yeah. it's a fantastic thing i think it's a great reminder as a as a person right. uh yeah but uh you know the uh the opportunity that we have to to go and to, to represent the Salvation Army, and in so doing, we're representing the Lord uh, as as we understand our faith, and, and we're working that out through through the things that we do. Um, but then also, we represent this community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I there. Plenty of people who support the Salvation Army who uh, don't understand or care about our our religious background. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has everything to do with what we do. Our yeah, but nothing to do with who we'll do it for. Right. Uh, if you're in need, that's the thing that uh, that we're looking for as far as people that will help. And uh, uh, I think uh, 
that standard has been held up high, and I, I appreciate that. Mm. Uh, I still know that uh, uh, oftentimes at the root of the trouble is uh, the sin within a man's heart mm-hmm. uh, and the, the bad choices. Uh, but we all struggle with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I have uh, the me that last night went to bed uh, setting the alarm for 530, mm-hmm. and I've got good things in mind for my day. And then the guy that hits the snooze button four times, okay, that might not be the best deci- decision maker in my, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we struggle with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we can help people uh, – get to making better decisions in our lives and moving forward. Lots of times that's a, a spiritual cause, that's and right. we find the difference there. Uh, sometimes it's just we need to get their teeth fixed or we need mm. to get some shoes on their feet, mm. and uh, we're happy, joyful to do that as well. Yeah. Let's wrap up talking a little bit about the, the shelter and, and homelessness in Savannah. You know, We had Katrina Bostic on earlier in the year from Family Promise of, of Savannah, which does – uh, is a homeless service as well and caters to families and i know that's something that that salvation army deals with on day in and day out as well yes. uh, there's a lot of talk about homelessness in savannah it's it tends to be pretty visible at least the camps are and i would really like to hear from your perspective what the situation is like what can be done what is being done and and what ultimately the future holds for that community sure sure i think the uh, the poor you will always have with you. You know, we're always going to be dealing with this. And my goal, oftentimes, is not just to provide a place for somebody to stay, but then to to move them forward in their lives. And that's very, very much a part of what we do at the Salvation Army. Whenever somebody comes into our shelter, uh, we are hoping that they – the first thing is to get them shelter stabilized. It's weird to come into a shelter, to come into an institution like that. A lot of people are out on the streets because they want freedom. Uh, they think they're getting freedom. Lots of times it's just bondage of poverty or mm-hmm. bondage of, mm-hmm. of troubles that they're causing in their lives. Uh, and so they, they come into a shelter to get them stabilized, to spend a week or two just kind of getting used to, uh, you know, it's okay, I can sleep at night. You know, I, I, we had people wake up with panic attacks, you know, who just uh, who are in a very difficult situation. But to help them just kind of become stabilized, maybe to help them with some of the immediate needs of getting ID, uh, getting um, food in their belly, just start getting their minds to thinking right is, is, uh, happens within that first couple of weeks. And then to start moving them forward towards making decisions about the things that they need to grow in their lives to, to become um, – successful mm-hmm. in what they do and 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 a goal you know whenever i was a kid I, we many of us had goals and things in mind that we wanted to move forward for some of them i think it's just to say you know i, I want a place of my own i want mm-hmm. to be able to, to to provide for me and mine uh and to help them towards that but then to move them forward um savannah it's kind of easy to be homeless mm-hmm. uh it, it's warmer climate compared to other places that I've been. Uh, there's uh, lots of times when you have a, a town of colleges and a town of tourism, uh, there's ready money to, to be found or ready food to be found uh, that um, you don't have to take as much responsibility. And that's, you know, that's one small bit of it. I'm not saying that's a sweeping thing that's going right. to take care of all the problems that we have. Right. But th- that, that becomes an issue. Uh, and uh, to help people to, to start to take responsibility oftentimes comes with community. Mm-hmm. And shelters are able to provide that, that you get together with other people, that you get together with the leaders and, and with an idea of we need to move forward in our lives, mm-hmm. uh, not just uh, 
you know grab and get for myself okay. and uh so those are those are some some big things that the community has to deal with i'm obviously new to the game here but i've seen it a long time and i know that uh um you know if we we meet some of these problems we'll get the ones that we can we're going to have some chronic homeless people who are constantly going to kind of be on that cuff and we'll do our best with them mm-hmm. um, but uh it's a struggle for the community i'm glad that we have multiple agencies that are out there i love the the one that you mentioned i have a one of our volunteers was uh saying that they couldn't work on friday because they were working with their church because of their family that was going to come and stay with them and uh you don't buy different ways i love the fact that i can go over to you mentioned and, and i can tell yeah i can tell the the guy that's in in my place listen I, i've given you every chance you've had you you're not following the rules uh we're no longer going to be able to help you you're going to have to go and then call them up hey can they come stay over to you and vice versa right. you know that we we kind of work to build these people up right. uh to, uh, to you know and sometimes that means saying no right sometimes that means saying uh you know we can't well, tough well, love sometimes yeah, yeah yeah and uh I've known of people uh, who, after you know, getting to a better place in their life, said, you know, the the best thing my family ever did to me for me uh, was to tell me no. That's right. You know, and uh, we've got men in our program who've reached that point. It's hard to do. You know, it's hard, but uh, um, you know, we we're hoping for a greater good. I'd uh, to to see people moving to a better place in their lives, and that's if there's one thing that salvation army wants to be a part of it's that yeah i know one program you've got you're working on right now for single mothers and kids called is it pathway of hope yes sir yes sir. oh it's fantastic we're 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 doing our best to to identify family kind of cherry pick them a little bit to say all right here's a family that's close you know they uh they they might have some struggles or whatever the case may be but this is one that we can go through uh let's instead of just giving them uh, food to eat and a place to stay uh let's help them to to come up with some goals uh, let's identify what's been causing the struggles in their lives uh you know I, as a kid growing up if i got a quarter for uh, my allowance Come on Saturday, come Tuesday, I'm out of money. I'm out of money. Mm-hmm. Dad gives me a hard time about it, you know, and I try to get in advance and things like that. That's not going to happen in the Egan household. Oh, no. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that, those are the life lessons that we learned as kids. Yeah. Uh, there are people there that have not learned that. Mm-hmm. And so now's our opportunity. You know, I'll go through and do a, a financial review with someone and say, all right, let's look at all your income for the month. Here's all your expenses. And they come up and say, okay, well, it looks like you should have $150 in your pocket here at the end of the month. Now you look at me like I'm crazy. I say, okay, well, maybe maybe getting your nails done wasn't the best idea. Maybe, um, you know, going out to eat when you had the cash, you know, mm-hmm. for it. I can remember a, a, it's really part and parcel of who we are. It's kind of a funny story to me now. But uh, there was a gentleman who was getting assistance with some food and uh, a box of food, and he had a cane. And so uh, the social worker saw me in the hallway and said, hey, Major Egan, would you mind helping this guy with the food? I'd love to. And so I grabbed the food and we're walking out of this car, pops the trunk in his old beat-up car. And uh, when the trunk, uh, or he uses a key, he opens it up, uh, and there's a, a case of beer. And he looks at me. I look at the beer. I look at him. We look at each other, and he knows it's coming. And uh, and I go right into preachery mode. I said, "Man, I can't believe you come to Salvation Army to get food assistance, and here you are. You've got a case of beer in your car." And he he just stumbles over. Uh, 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 well, I had beer money. I just didn't have food money. 
and you know, I, I'm laughing. I, I can't hold it in. I'm almost on the floor, uh, you know, laughing. I said, "Hey, buddy, let's think about this now. Why don't you buy your food and then buy your beer?" Yeah. Oh yeah, you know. And sometimes it's it, that's oversimplified, right. but these are the life lessons that we're trying to to get to folks that maybe we can get them, uh, you know, taking care of their basic needs themselves mm-hmm. and moving forward with that. And in cases where the Salvation Army is needed to provide that food, to provide that um, utility assistance, toys mm-hmm. at Christmas time, a place to stay, mm-hmm. we're delighted to. We're happy to because we know, all right, these are people that love us and that maybe there's something they have that we can listen to and move forward in. That's right. Well, you all do great work, and you. Uh, it's, you know, I guess it's Christmas time, so it's top of mind, so that's what we'll talk about it. But uh, just keep doing what you're doing. and. And people out there remember the Salvation Army here at Christmas time and throughout the year. And I'm sure uh, Major Egan appreciates all your support. Yes, very much so. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Difference Makers podcast, a production of the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com. We post a new episode every other Friday, and it's available on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also publish a daily news and opinion podcast called The Afternoon Commute. Search for The Commute with at Savannah Opinion and subscribe to our podcast today.